0: So for for just weavin' Tuesday night, half past eight EST. Know where we be, just weavin', special guest, Tech and taking talk a music college, just weavin', coming to you live at the same time. Here every week, just weepin' jump in the room, just chop chopping up. It really ain't that deep, just weaving. <laughs>
1: All right. Hey, did you guys like that uh, little theme song? We just, that's our brand new here to the show. If anybody's heard it before, we just added that. Uh got a very special guest on the Jews harp on that song. We'll talk about that a little later. But uh Hef and I are here again uh with a very special uh, sponsor tonight, the color blue, and a very special, special guest who invented the color blue, and that would be Mr. Corey Van Loo. I, I th- I'm pretty sure he invented that color, Uh if not. He should get credit for it. We're gonna nah, I
2: can't take credit for that. You gotta relax. <laughs>
1: <laughs> you invent color blue, you're gonna have to accept it, man.
3: <laughs> what's up, Corey? But, uh,
2: what's up? What's up? How's everybody doing?
3: Excellent. Thank you so much for being here with us. We greatly appreciate it. Yes, we're gonna have a great show tonight. Corey Van Lu is in the building.
1: Right on. Uh, so, uh, Normally we start off with a couple of segments. We got some news and stuff. I I don't know. I feel like trashing all that stuff and just getting right to talking with Corey because there's so many cool things that that he's done and is is still doing. And uh, but uh, what do we got, Heff? Is there some good stuff on the plate tonight?
3: Man, you know the news, dude. It's the news sucks, man. And unless it's good, <laughs> like I I I don't like reading like negative news. You know, just because eh, it's negative. You know, like of course that's what it is. But nothing really good. Um, in the music news uh, this week anyway, that I, that I read uh, the only weird shit that's going on is Grimes, which it, this is all over the news, but Grimes is um, suing or she sued Elon Musk over parental rights. I, I don't want to talk about this crap, but that's, what's the news. <laughs> so yeah, moving on. I mean, what do you think about that anyway? Like, you know, like who does that? I mean, how much money do you need? Like, what the fuck?
2: Wait, I don't know. Is, is, I've never. Is Elon Elon suing her? She's suing him.
3: She's suing him. He's got eleven kids, man. He's got eleven kids. He's still going to. He oh, ain't stopping.
2: That's great.
3: But she's suing him. Grimes sues Elon Musk over parental rights. Uh, she took legal action against Elon Musk over, um, I'm sorry, online record show, in California on the 29th, she filed a petition to establish a parental relationship. Uh, the case documents, of course, they're not available online. But uh, that's what's going on right now well, with her.
2: I guess she's and just him. trying to get her ducats.
3: Yeah, I mean, but how, he I'm sure he broke her off already. Like, how much more do you need? Don't mess with Elon, dude, because you mess with Elon, it messes with our spaces. And we want to make sure <laughs> that we have spaces. Like, if we lose spaces, <laughs> I, I don't know, know what will happen, yeah, Corey.
2: True, we don't want our spaces to get messed up.
1: I mean, he could throw her a Tesla or something, but she shouldn't get the one with the suicide doors because that wouldn't be good for the kid, you know. But anyway, I digress.
3: (laughs) Well, good luck to her in her battle for whatever reason. Uh, So that's that with the news. I'm glad that we're over with that news. Uh, What is better news to me is that my man J6C6 went to the Beeple shindig Uh, over the weekend in south carolina i don't know where the hell were you charleston anyway um yeah tell me about that dude i mean what was going on there how did you even get there what was the situation
1: well you know first truth be told that i'm terrible like i get weird really weirdo social anxiety so i did it some people do stuff like that to meet people and to you know to me i did it just to like figure out how to talk to people like, and I didn't do too well. Most people just looked at me funny and asked me to get them a drink or something, but I digress, but I'm, but you know, it was actually really, uh, it was, it was a really cool vibe and, uh, I don't own a punk. Um, and I'm not really, I'm kind of like a punk. I mean, actually my PFP is kind of like the Liberty, uh, spiked hair punk via Corey Vanloo I might uh, throw out there. But, uh, you know, the, uh, it, it, people posted something on Twitter, uh, I guess after he started uh, promoting the event, saying, hey, you know, if you don't know a punk, just, you know, click on this link and, uh, you know, uh, say why you want to go. So I told him, I said, you know, and it, it was the truth. I was actually uh, scheduled to DJ at a strip club that night, and I thought it would be more culture. I thought I'd get more culture going to the people of So that's just what I posted to them. And then uh, they sent me a thing saying, Hey, you can come. So I was like, cool. And you know, it was really cool. I saw some really cool people there. G man was there. Uh, uh, you know, all the usual suspects that would be in an event like that were there. And uh, the art, uh, just the whole thing was really cool. The speakers, like uh, the guys that uh, coded the, the punks, was it Matt and Jim, their story. And they were talking about the traits and how, when they created it they didn't realize like what traits would be pop they they talked a lot of stuff about how it all came about and it was it, it was really interesting to me um when, when, they,
3: of- when they did it what was the reason behind it like were they thinking to monetize from it did they have an inclination that it was going to be the pillar of what nfts are you know did like that it was the, the holy grail of nfts that, what was their thought behind all that
1: well, from what I gathered from this, from what they were speaking, I mean, granted, there's a lot of people talking while they were speaking as well, but, uh, they were pretty much just kind of testing to, to me, uh, I'm paraphrasing a lot, but they were, uh, they didn't speak on a lot of this stuff, but they had a really cool, uh, you know, uh, they, they created it and they just wanted to use the technology. And then they had a discord group and it got really, uh, you know, popular. And, um, uh, you know, during, I think they were saying from what I gathered, like during, uh, you know, the, what we're not supposed to say the word, the C word, but during the, 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 uh what do they, what do they say the 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 pandemic or whatever, uh, people were in the discord group. And were, yeah. And, and they were, uh, you know, people were getting really digging on them and, and trading them. And they had, uh, a lot of speakers there like that owned them. And, um, like seed phrase, like I wasn't even aware, like a lot of to was new, but, like seed phrase, uh, his, uh, punk has, the, is the rarest one. It's got seven traits and, uh, when they, when that, you know, all this was uh, generative. So they didn't really even plan for a lot of this stuff. They were, they were planning uh, the way a lot of it generated. They weren't necessarily the ones in other words that people uh, vibe with weren't necessarily necessarily their intentions of what would be the cool ones. In other words, it's just kind of people kind of, you Probably know, true. yeah. And um,
3: let me ask you this. Did they, What uh, first of all, this is so early on in, in making digital art and putting it on the blockchain, right? So, how did they come across it? What what was like? What did they use, and did they get into that kind of conversation uh, at that at that event?
1: I was paying pretty close attention, and I don't, as far as I could tell, they didn't really get that deep into it. But from what they were explaining, uh, from from the way they were talking about it, it seemed like uh, I poked my head under the hood a little bit of that stuff, uh, and by no means i think Corey uh, it has dug it a little deeper than me with uh you know that last piece with the generative uh you know with the random uh code uh for for the burn on the last thing he did with the liberty spikes and uh but uh it seemed like they used you know th- this this generative uh, generative code uh it sounded like they were talking about like uh maybe uh you know the the, the uh the scripts that everybody else kind of uh, uses to, to uh, create the, the randomness. And, you know, I've seen the code before how, like, you know, you can put like, for instance, if you make a trait, you can say, okay, well this percentage can have this particular trait. And then this percentage might have this trait. And if you have, they were explaining the aesthetic of it too, which I thought was really cool. Like for instance, like if there was a punk that had uh you know, a certain, uh, other trait maybe the glasses wouldn't look good on that that punk so they would make sure that that was in the code like it couldn't have if it had trait a for instance it then in the code would be written so it couldn't have trait b That's and uh, really cool stuff i mean um it's definitely something i'd personally want to dig into uh you know um and learn more about Um, it's just really cool. How it does. I mean, I just think that's, that's so cool. You dump It's like you, you throw a bunch of ingredients into this uh, pot and then it kind of, you know, cranks out these sandwiches with random ingredients that were in the pot. I don't know. It's it's awesome.
3: It's cool though. I mean, you got, you got to create the the traits. So you have to make uh, as Corey can contest, you got to still do the hairs. You still got to do the different faces, facial expressions. uh, It could be a sweatshirt, hoodie, shirt, whatever, necklace, eyeglasses, any accessories so it could really really get deep uh as far as the you know the uh generative stuff goes uh but that whole engine that spits it out randomly those guys were the first ones really to do that you know um did they did they did they hard code that themselves or was there a generate um image generator that was already created that they were using
2: more than likely they they did it themselves um
3: like, themselves. Yeah, yeah, it, was, like really did it themselves, yeah, yeah. More than likely, they did it themselves.
2: Now they now there are like uh, generators of sorts where you can yes. kind of just like put in the, the the JPEGs or the PNG, the different layers. Like what I use, I used Bueno, um, built by Pablo Stanley, who's an artist in the space. So he kind of like went down, he, he kind of went down the rabbit hole and and built a PFP project, and then white labeled it for other artists to use it.
3: Yeah. I'm very familiar. Oh man. Don't get me started on Pablo Stanley, bro. Um, (laughs) (laughs) But yeah, no, I remember you did that in Bueno. That's, that's awesome that you, that you did your, your project that way. I mean, it's, it's not easy to, you know, if you're coding it yourself, I mean, then, you know, and um, it's awesome that that tool is even available, man. Great. But so J6 bro. Thank you, man. Like the people, like, okay. So did you meet people and Corey, have you ever met people?
2: Yeah, I met Mike Winkleman a couple times. Winkle yeah, man. I met him. I met him at the. I met him at the club one time. That was pretty funny. And then, uh, yeah, I, I've seen him That's at events. Cool. A few events. He's he's a nice guy.
3: That's cool.
1: Yeah, you know, uh, I didn't meet him. Um, he uh you know you know how like i guess at his events that he will i guess he's this the second time he did he drops some stuff at the, from the uh you know some art from the ceiling at the end well like yeah. that's i think when he came uh kind of was was more around at the end of the event and i was i jetted like a couple minutes before that uh just because you know i didn't want to break a hip like you know jumping for some artists <laughs> <I'm just kidding. laughs> but, but you know but uh um it's you know uh, from he was hosting the speak like he interviewed back to back like all the speakers it was you know jack butcher uh you know uh seed phrase you know uh, they had a bunch of, of great speakers and he interviewed each one back to back and he was awesome at it like he just i don't know he could have been like you know he was Another definitely just riffing uh, he, he was somewhere between like, he maybe wasn't quite right. as good as Letterman, but he was way better than Jimmy Fallon, oh,
3: you know? okay. all right.
1: but, uh, but it was great though. It was really interesting. And, uh, I don't know. I'm really glad, uh, that I went, uh, you know, uh, it was cool. It, it was, it was definitely as they say, a vibe and,
3: uh, a memorable yeah. moment, bro. In, in yeah, the space, dude. That's great that you were able to go because it was I mean, it was packed in that place, but I'm sure that it was a limited amount of people that were allowed to go to that, John. And um I, I'm I was I was ecstatic for you. I was excited for you that you when you told me that you're going, I was like, Holy crap, that's awesome.
1: Well, I mean, it wasn't all peaches and cream. Like the deal was they would let me go, but in return I had to fold up all the chairs at the end and throw the trash Good away. Good time. You know, but, you know, hey, I do what I got to do You know, I'm humble
3: That's right, yeah Speaking of humble, man um, This instrument that we're going to discuss right now It's called the Jew harp You heard it correct, everybody The Jew harp It's not an anti-Semitic harp It's just, that's what it is, you know um, It's a really, really cool uh, Instrument That you play with your mouth And it sounds like a boing, 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 boing And it was very evident in our um, Just Riffin intro that uh, j6 graced us with so j6 you are a uh, guitar player and an instrument player tell me about this jew harp and how it leads to um to cory
1: well you know uh i'm a, obviously a, a fan of, of Corey's work uh, his pfp is i my pfp is is his work and um
3: uh, me too you know, Some, somewhat mine's like a- uh
1: you know uh he, you know he always posts cool shit and that's it's really cool to have him on the show tonight because he always posts cool shit and I think it says on his website, like a multidisciplined uh, you know, uh, visual artist or something to that effect. But I mean, uh once one time he posted and he was just playing playing the harp. Some people call it a nose harp as well, I think, or a mouth harp. I'm not uh, but uh, it's an instrument that has a really cool, distinct sound. You know, they used to use it back in the day, uh, as sound effects, like when there would be like cartoons and stuff, like yeah. if somebody would jump, you know, yeah. be like and yeah. like a. Uh, very cool. And uh, he posted it and I was like, you know, I'm going to bookmark this because I think I'm going to be able to use this later. And um <laughs> it was just really cool. So I, I, I threw it into a, uh, you know, my, my little uh, sampler in Ableton. And it was just, it's weird because I, I, when I did the theme song, it was, it really, I was like, I heard that there and I was like, wait a second. And I, gr- I grabbed it and threw it in there and chopped it up and it synced with it really well. And it's really kind of coincidental because uh, Corey's on the show this week, and uh, I thought it was kind of kind of fun. So I yeah. sent it to him. I got his uh, permission, of course. I didn't want him to send the lawyers after me
3: <laughs> for sample clearance. <laughs> nah, nah,
2: that shit was fire. I loved, I loved hearing the little thing ding, ding, in there. That was good. Awesome. <laughs> yeah, I actually got it right here. So. That's awesome. <laughs> okay
3: so awesome bro. are you playing in mouth in the so
2: you have a
3: beat and the crowd goes wild.
1: <laughs> that's super cool you know it's like you can kind of hear like the vowels like, are you making like the vowel sounds like with your with your yeah, mouth yeah
2: yeah yeah you can use the you can do all the vowels like oh yeah i owe you i, I owe you no, that yeah, is so like cool
3: craft work some uh craft work uh computer
1: it's, it's like a talk stuff. box you know yeah it's really yeah, cool. yeah you can uh
2: it's a goose kind
3: of talk, like Cory, Cory,
2: Cory, Cory
3: Cory Wow. Holy crap. All right, all right, all right, all right,
2: right, all right, I'll put it
3: down. Corey's gonna get,
2: get
3: <laughs> throw away, Corey. Uh that sounds awesome though man. So real quick uh tell me how did you come across that instrument? What what? Uh
2: <laughs> a Jewish man gifted me one. <laughs> and uh he he was playing it one day it was a uh, one of my I was on like a spiritual journey and uh, the the guy that was administering the medicine to a uh, given us the medicine the medicine man he uh he had one he's a Jewish man and uh he uh I I saw him play it one day or whatever and then I I was interested but then he gifted it to me like months later or whatever and so I had that one but it it was like I played it like I was I like took me a while to figure it out like the first night I I spent like 24 hours like (laughs) trying to figure that shit out but then after that I got it but I played it so much that it like wore it out so I had to go get my own Um, But yeah, that's that's how it happens, and I always just keep it in my backpack. So and I always bring my backpack every day with me to the studio. So I always have my little jew harp on me, so I can bust out a song. I don't know. It it just kind of helps me to have that every once in a while. It's like a little thing to like ease my stress if I ever want to like just like chill out for a second, even though it's kind of obnoxious sounding.
1: That's really cool. Cause like myself, my, like, that's a guitar for me. Right. And then for instance, like, like I said, I get a little social anxiety. So when I went over to that event in North Carolina, uh, it would have been awesome if I could take my guitar with me on the plane, but I just couldn't. But if I had the Jews harp, it could have been in my pocket. Right. And then I could just, you know, when I'm feeling like kind of, you know, when I'm looking for that kind of peace, even though I couldn't bring a big guitar with me on the plane, you can, you can take a, a juice harp with you anywhere. You know, uh, which I, yeah, that's thing what saying. I really,
2: really, really like about it is it's like pocket size. It literally fits in my hand. Has this little cool wooden case um, that it holds it in, and um, yeah, I could take it anywhere. And it's it's durable. It's a little piece of metal, so it's like you know you just kind of take it everywhere, clean it every once in a while, make sure it's all good to go, and you're good.
3: That's very interesting. Let me ask you guys a question. Um, both you guys actually can answer this question. Is there levels to the Jew harp? Is there like, um, you know, like guitars, some guitars, you know, like let's say a Les Paul is going to be more expensive than an Ibanez. So is there like levels to that Jew harp where there's um, a better quality? Yeah. I, better I've,
2: I've done a little bit of research and I don't know. There's, there's people that make them. Uh, there's like arti- artisanal people that make them uh they're they uh but uh they, i mean i don't i haven't seen anything like crazy crazy expensive i think the most i've seen one is like a 100 bucks that's an also, another thing oh, that's that fun. i liked is that they're really cheap they're like mm-hmm. 20 bucks you know I mean, almost them are, like 20 like... 40 bucks oh, yeah oh, so it's oh, like oh, an yeah. easy thing for everybody to get um it's pretty cheap and again it fits in your pocket and you all you have to do to like play it is just like kind of flick flick the metal prong on there and once you just kind of like get get it right where you need to set it like that's all you need to do to play it and then after that you just kind of like make noises or (laughs) make different shapes with your mouth so that you can get different sounds
3: yeah it's all it's pretty cool pretty unique man i i've always heard heard it but i didn't know what the heck it was and it's funny because my my nickname is what it is, and I and I'm not even knowing about that <laughs> instrument. It's great.
1: Yeah. Oh, well, you know, I can see know? it now. The next show we gotta just you know it's gotta be like the Oprah thing. You get a Jews harp and you get a Jews harp. <laughs> <laughs> <'Cause>, you, <laughs> know, you could probably get a sponsor Sorry. for that. It's so cheap. that'd be great. Brought that'd to you be, by yeah, Jews yeah. They,
2: they make like really cheap ones. I think it was like a something that the uh, the Jewish people could make really easily. It was like a because it, it's just like a like the original ones are like a almost look like an allen wrench that was like bent into like a circle almost and then like they tacked a little like hair clip to it or something like that so it almost looks like you could make something that you could make pretty easily so i yeah. think that's kind of like where the where the instrument came from i haven't done like too much research on it. i should do a little bit more but uh, from what i what i've what i've seen it's a pretty interesting instrument
3: yeah it's also known as a jaw harp a juice harp, a mouth harp, and a lamelphone instrument. Uh, it says the origin of Jews is uncertain. It says the origin of Jews. That's that's not right. Why is it called a Jews harp? The origin of Jews is uncertain. No, nope, we're certain. We know where we're at. But it says, uh, yeah, it, says, uh, it has some connection to do with uh, a gugaw. Uh, it's related to the old norse giga uh i don't know do your research on that
2: stuff.
1: <laughs> <laughs> i think it's, like it's i think it sounds cool i mean and it fits in your pocket yeah, it shows you... up in a
2: few different cultures it it shows up in a few different cultures i think like uh there's an asian culture that has a version of it um i think i think like uh the mongolians or something like that they they, they have that shit too so I don't know. It shows up in a few different cultures. I think they have different explanations for it, for each one.
1: You know, it kind of, do you guys ever hear of this instrument? Uh, It's called, and the Jews' harp reminds me of, like, it's almost like a a miniature version of uh, the the didgeridoo, because they both are kind of monotone instruments,
3: but they sound,
1: they have that similar sound to them, and it's kind of cool, because it's like a pocket didgeridoo, you know?
3: Yeah that well i don't know how hard the jew's harp is but i know that the didgeridoo is a friggin beast to play and you need lungs extra capacity mm-hmm. lungs
2: yeah yeah i've always wanted to play a didgeridoo I'm not, i haven't had the opportunity yet but um that would be cool i i like like spiritual instruments like that so i went on like a after i got the, the jew's harp or or my first instrument i guess you could say it was like a african drum I got one of those, and that was fun. I love playing that thing.
3: Well, <laughs> I play it on my well, balcony really loud. What kind of drum did you get? Uh, You said an after you know, drum, right? Yeah, I
2: can't. I can't. I couldn't tell you what the name of what type what one it is because I don't really know the the names of them. But it's like, I think it's like the the typical one that like has like the cordage that wraps around it, and it's like it sits in between your knees, and it's got the yeah. the animal skin on the top. Um, it's it's not like a steel one. It's like the the traditional one made out of mm-hmm. like, where they hollow out the wood, hollow out the tree and stuff. Cool, I forget man. what they call them though
3: not a not a uh, djembe or you don't know.
2: it might be i don't know i i i honestly i'm i'm spaced out on what what oh, what good. they're
3: called no worries speaking of spaced out when you were on that little um, journey with the shaman what were you uh partaking in what was the uh
2: all of stuff? all of all of the plant medicine nice, um, I, I i started with combo the tree frog and then um, we dove into ayahuasca and San Pedro, uh, Sananga, uh, mushrooms. Um, yeah.
3: Where was um, this? Uh, where we
2: All that stuff. I uh, did it in New York and Puerto Rico.
3: Oh, right on. That's awesome. How was your. Um, I did peyote once, but how was your. How was ayahuasca? It's really strong, right?
2: Yes. It can be. Um, st- it depends. Like, so the first time, yes, it was really intense. Is the most, in- I'd say, the most intense, like first first experience with a with a uh, hallucinogen, and um, it's like I'd say acid would be right under that. And um, <laughs> but uh, when I when I did ayahuasca for the first time, yeah, it was like is kind of like one of those life-changing things because it's something really intense that you ha- haven't experienced before and you uh you kind of like go from there like because your life you, you like saw something you've experienced something life may be changing just because of the intensity of it or whatever it was and uh yeah you start to make make changes in your life and and that's what happened. I started to make a lot of different changes in my life. I started paying more attention to my body and the people around me. I thought I was doing that before, but it really showed me like that I wasn't. And um, I think the biggest lesson that I learned um, at the end of my journey, because it was like a year. I did it for like a year. And um, the biggest lesson was accountability, just being accountable for everything that I do in this world.
3: I like that I, I respect and appreciate that. Now speaking of that, um you would never like abandon your your PFP collection, right? Cuz you know, there's people that do do ah. that that do art but consistency like you said.
2: <laughs> I don't um, even know how I could even abandon abandon a project like that. I don't even know. There's just like there's so many of them like how would I how could I even abandon it because like it's me, it's my art. It's like, my, it's, like, my brand. Like, I put a lot of myself inside of it, so there's no way I could ever abandon it because it's, unless I'm, like, gone, you know? Like, then even then, like, I'm sure people, will like, carry on the legacy. So, uh, I don't think I could ever abandon it, even if I tried. Like, even if I didn't even talk to, any about it anymore, I feel like it's still me. Like, it's part of my legacy. I can't even, you can't even deny it
3: yeah it's much respect dude because there's a lot of fakes out there there's a lot of phonies out there obviously you know we we've we've been we've seen it you know artists that come in into the space and then they make some whatever and then they just zippity doo with your money um so i i definitely respect because i think you know you're an artist first before the nft thing so um you know making physicals um i come from not as an artist like i don't do that kind of art but like i come from a collector standpoint is uh uh, uh, collecting physicals before the nft before digital digital was new to me too still is you know even though we're, we're i'm about two years in with everybody here i think but um how did you make that transition not really transition but how how what was that like going from you know making traditional stuff on canvas or or just actually making a physical piece uh to um doing your pfp project which was which was all digital, and then gener- generative. Well, you know? shit!
2: The, the, we got to go back because I started off as a graphic designer. Like when I first when I first took art serious uh, in high school, um, like I was always I always could draw and shit and on paper and uh, you know fucked around and did graffiti and all this shit. But like when I started taking I, uh, art uh, serious in high school, it was because I wanted to be a graphic designer and put my artwork on clothes and have my own, like, clothing line and design shoes and all this shit. So um, right out of high school, uh, I got a job doing that, graphic design. And um, so when, like, NFTs came around, I was already doing graphic design. It was already a part of my process. Um, so that was, like, an easy thing for me to always translate, uh, you know, my my work into any sort of digital format because – I was a master at Photoshop and illustrator and I could do animating and all that stuff. So I was, I self-taught like in high school, I learned whatever I learned in high school, but I think I learned everything else afterwards on YouTube or whatever. (laughs) Um, So Watching, watching videos on like Instagram and all that shit. But I, um, now, now that I like, yeah, when the PFP project came up, it was just like, all right, I I do all this. I draw already and uh, I know how to draw on an iPad. So it was just kind of like super simple for me to do that. I think the the difficult part with the PFP project was trying trying to figure out how to assemble all the different layers on a mass scale of twenty thousand, which was <laughs> mind blowing to me because I didn't when I when I accepted to do the project I didn't expect to do that part. I, I just thought I was going to do all the drawing, but uh, I had to figure out how to assemble up everything. But luckily, there's a, the Blano platform that helped me out. So uh, that was you, a big, big, big help out
3: <laughs> without a doubt. And at any point when you were doing this, um, did you ask yourself, what the fuck did I just get into? Or did you get like, uh, anxiety at all? Like that you had to deliver? I, like w-
2: I think towards, uh, I think once I like, uh, I started, I think towards the end, like I just realized that I, Once we were like locked into 20,000, I feel like I realized I needed more art, like always needed more art. Like I just kept wanting to add more and more and more and more. And like, there's a fine line of like adding too much and then like kind of ruining everything. So it was just hard to find that balance. So at the end, I was just like, all right, do I add more? Do I leave it? Do I add more? Do I leave it? Uh, like trying to figure out what to take out, what didn't make sense. Like there's a lot more anxiety in those type of things. Um, yeah. Were you, were, you ever, really like, sec- like.
3: were you ever second guessing yourself? Like, uh, you know, doing, drawing something and then, oh, I don't like it. And then you just kind of cut it and then move on or was or, Oh was, yeah. Was,
2: there's a lot of like throwaway traits. Yeah. Throwaway traits that I like. Just scrap in the end or scrap during like the first like wave. I think only I think Liberty Spikes was part of the first wave. And what else made it through on the first wave? Maybe like a bald, like a bald trait or some shit like that. There's a couple traits that I first drew like as like sketches and like really simple like uh, traits. And those, those ones. I think only like three or two of them made it all the way through. The rest got, all got scrapped, and they were just like weird looking or whatever. And I tried to like make them fit, and it just didn't work. I think the 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 best the, the best uh, process for me is just make as much as possible, and then like cut cut shit later, because I it was I felt like I wasn't having enough, so I was just like, all right, just make them as much as possible, and then cut it later.
1: You know, oh, sorry. I was just gonna say, uh, you know, one thing that really interests me about the uh, the face of Web three uh, collection, um, and there's so many other things too besides that particular collection, but the uh, the different traits that are kind of like, like like for instance, the the jack, like the the punk rock jacket, like some of them have the decals, but some of them don't. Yeah. And, uh, I mean, it's really interesting uh, to to me, and was that something that was in, intentional, and
2: yes, all intentional. So like, some of them are. I wanted to like have hidden rarity within traits. I also wanted to play around with like certain traits matching up with with each other and unlocking the hidden trait. So like, um, I think like as you said, like with the with the with the rock star jacket, the punk jacket. Uh, some of them are plain; they don't have any like patches on it. But some of them are, are do have the patches or do have all the patches. What was the parameter for that it, it with the Spike here. okay I think it, it I think if it matched with liberty spikes or or other like punk type of uh traits I think is how i uh, how you unlock that um or how it would unlock and, and 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 apply the the patches rather than leave the leave it blank um, and then I think with like the mermaid the the yeah the the, the do rags with the peace corpse I believe there's a there's a really rare do rag it's like pink and I think there's either one or two of them um, because it it lines up if you have uh the the peace corpse clothes and uh and you catch the do rag trait uh, you could possibly catch a pink do-rag or a pink camo do-rag or a white camo do-rag and that's the only way you could get the camo do-rags is if you had a peace corpse uh clothing trait and then you caught you you landed on a do-rag uh for the hair trait so there's these cool little fun things where i could i could play around with like the the like extra traits that i wanted to throw in there but not messy up the uh the uh, trait list because when you start adding all of these traits uh you know you have fucking seven different color do rags uh, and and then you have one that's like super rare um i don't know i just like i like the the hidden aspect of it i don't know and and, and like going on open and looking and see like a thousand different traits because there's a lot more than what's on open Showing, but it, it, if i if i could unlock all that it, it would be interesting to show you guys like wh- what it was but i hid them because i i thought that was a cool thing too i like hide it and, and and have people find them and and find the rarity and everything that that is super cool hey was that
1: uh andre you were just talking to yeah uh, he's always right here that that's i just think that's that's so cool um you know that uh you know you have some, you have your your brother uh, that's involved with you in your art, and I think uh, that's just a, that's really powerful, you know. There's always stories of people that they work with uh, in business and in in art and whatever, and uh, you know I think uh, you know that's a pretty good combo when you, you got uh, you know siblings uh, working together. It's just it's a beautiful yep. thing,
3: yeah. Especially uh, when you guys uh, are along, just- you know.
2: Yeah, I found out Beeple works with his brother, too. Like, his brother runs his whole studio. So it's, like, just like me and my brother. It's always, like, a really interesting little fact Keep right
3: there. Keep it tight-knitted, you know?
2: For sure. Yeah, you know, and the trait
1: thing, too, that, like, the the whole – I mean, I think uh, the collection, it, it's, it's, uh, it's wild. Like, I don't really look at it as a PFP collection. I don't uh, – it seems to me that uh, – this collection really nobody's really going to know what it is for like like another half a century and I'm I'm here for it maybe I won't be there for it but like and <laughs> I hope this doesn't offend you but uh, to me like the like some of these PFPs in this collection some of these pieces I don't know it's it's just it's wild they're wildly bold like it's ahead of what people. Can process right now like to me it's like kind of like the same way Bowie was an artist you know in the 70s with all his personas and stuff you're you're uh this face of the web 3 collection kind of reminds me of that like stylistically not of, of Bowie but just the, the boldness of it it's really
2: yeah cool. uh one of my favorite artists Alex Katz he said uh his artwork is like whenever it's in a room it's like uh it's got muscle to it and like If you have an Alex Katz next to it. This
0: space was downloaded via spacesdown.com. Visit to download your spaces today.
2: Yeah, Rothko. uh, You can see the the muscle, the the bodybuilder. s. like, hey, look at me. Like, the boldness of an Alex Katz versus a Rothko. And I I believe that my artwork commands the same kind of space. It's just like, uh, it's like real, like... Flexing like somebody like really good looking looking at like in a room that is like real shiny. has got diamonds on and all these things, and it's like doing all this shit to say look at me or or, or feel good about themselves or whatever the whatever it is. Um, yeah, uh, I think I feel I feel like that's kind of what the P. I mean the PFP project is my shit. So um, that's what the art. That's what all my art kind of does. It has this like real bold, strong statement uh, that is you know, being put out there. And, you know, I think from the, the root of it is, you know, just happiness. Uh, how
3: did, how did you get to this, to this art? How did you get to these characters? Did you, was it, uh, you know, a long time leading up to actually starting the project? Did you go through a bunch of different variations of the main characters? Um, I think it. All, I
2: started a long time ago. Uh, uh, I think I did a project from 2015 to 19 or 2016 to 19, that was uh I dubbed it the absurdity characters, and uh, it was like a, a, a homage and ode to uh, Picasso and George Condo. I was studying their work. I was really fascinated with how uh, how their work can captivate so many people with the uh, with the process in which it was done, and so uh, I, I took it on to myself to kind of just like learn how to create these paintings that kind of were to like sing sing, like a, a same song a similar song that they did but uh in my own way and with my own like um energy and just like ideas and things so i uh i had they were like like really cubist oriented and just like had like these three mouths four eyes and all these weird things almost like if you were really drunk and you, and you, and you came out of a club and you started looking at all the people around you, that's what the, the, what the paintings look like. So what I did, uh, I stopped doing that for a while. And then when I, Farrell hit me up about the PFP project, I didn't start off with that. It's funny. I started off with like more of like what my PFP looks like, like a basic, a basic, like one of my, just like, normal faces and um i was going that di- that direction actually it's funny all of the uh the the is actually my face i like used my face at a three quarters angle to took a photo of it and i uh traced it out and used that as like the the best, the, the the base so all of the pfps are actually me <laughs> which is That's really so funny. cool man
3: That's
2: yeah cool. but uh yeah it started off with just as like a normal face my face and uh Farouk had had mentioned actually Mondo, Mondo and uh, OSF had also mentioned like, yo, um, we really like your, your older, like some of your older works where it was all like Cubist and shit. Can you throw that in there? So I just started throwing that stuff in there and they were really juiced on it whenever I did my first like little wave of like all the crazy like traits and characters. So um, that's like how that all like mixed into it um i once i got that like response from them i was like okay i'll turn that turn that me back on and just kind of like go through this like cartoony kind of wildness and 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 draw a fuck ton of shit and that's what happened
3: that's great uh how how long was that process going back and forth with them was it a right away thing where they were like oh we we
2: love this damn it took uh what they loved everything I did, so anytime I showed them, it was it was fire. Um, I think there was a couple things that we ended up taking out uh, that I that I showed them, but they were just like it's just part of the process, and it wasn't anything that was like oh dude, that's something that I really cared about or anything. So, um, but uh, uh, it took me what six months? Yeah, six months. So, yeah, six months it took to me. Complete it. Yeah, to do all of the artwork and uh, and then launch it.
3: Yeah, six months. That's um, excellent. Yeah, I want was... to talk about music real quickly here, man. Because
2: let's do it. We we we
3: we're here for music. We love music. We're musicians, and we just love music. Like you know, I'd rather listen to music than watch a TV show. Um, so for me, I love music. It's just in my soul. Uh, and you do art. I know you you um, told me one point that you're a musician also, but I want to know. A little bit. I'd like to know a little bit about you know your musicianship and what you play, and you know if you're self taught and so on and so forth. But I also um, want to know about the music that you're listening to when you're drawing, when you're painting. Are you listening to anything, <laughs> or you just got the got sliding glass open and listening to the ocean, <laughs> or, the, or, the, or the traffic, depending on where you're at?
2: All right, which one you on first?
3: <laughs> I want to I, I want to know what you're listening to. When you're uh, all right,
2: we'll go with thing. what I'm listening to first, and then we'll, I'll tell you like whatever music stuff I, I know how to play and all that. Shit. Awesome. Um, <laughs> so what I listen to in the studio is a plethora of things. Um, I listen to drum and bass, uh, old liquid DMB. Uh, that's like the type of drum and bass, it's like the the, the, the original, um, uh, it's like kind of like ambient uh ambient fucking drum and bass it's not so like heavy crazy womp womp and more like spacey um so it kind of like is really good to work too because the mixes are usually like an hour and a half two hours long and it's just like consistent pace with the like hot hats and all of that so it's, uh, it's got a pretty high bpm too but it's a it's it's a it's a, like it's based off of hip-hop so it it it's like hip-hop double-timed I think is how how it works um so the, if you slow it down uh, it, it'll have like a hip-hop cadence to the to the beat um so I think that's why I, I enjoy it um I also listen to obviously a lot of rap music um like I've been listening to Destroy Lonely a lot lately that's been cool um I'm really into like Playboy Cardi and all that shit <laughs> so I, I listen to that quite a bit um but then i listen to like jazz as well um i like Yusuf days um john uh tom mish i listen to alpha mist uh who else there's there's a few bunch uh i'll listen to like erica badu um who else do i listen to uh shit i listen music. to That's a good. lot of that type of shit yeah. there's
3: music that helps you get by while you're while you're you know doing your thing
2: yeah it's just c- helps create the vibe you know so it's like so I it. make my sp- make my space my space and that like, kind of helps me lose track of time and really get into the artwork and not really worry about anything else other than what I'm painting.
3: All right, real quick, before you get into your music instruments and stuff that you play and whatnot, how many blunts a day do you smoke, bro? <laughs> how many blunts a day are you smoking and are Ooh, you steadily, yeah, are you not, steadily I It,
2: it kind of went down low-key because I'm trying to be good, Um uh, I definitely smoke at least ten. A
3: day. All right. I was gonna I say you got to keep it up, otherwise I, I'm gonna unfollow you, bro.
2: <laughs> yeah, no, no. I, I I smoke at least ten a day. That's like that's a given for sure. I don't think
3: I could Yeah, I, I like your style, like, Corey.
2: Yeah, I haven't I haven't gotten gotten less than that. It's kind of bad, but whatever. I don't care.
3: Nah, man. Who's say who's to say anything? <laughs> I smoke a
2: lot. I think it's just because it helps me stay in my my uh, my space. You know. i I I literally come to the studio every day like i wake up i work out i come to the studio i stay here until i can't fucking work anymore and then i go home and i come back and do it again and that's like the loop i've been in for the last fucking since i dropped the pfp project so (laughs) and i was in the same loop before so
3: yeah you got to stay focused and that dedication is going to get you where you want to go um even if, yep. even, even if you're just going, you know what I mean? And, uh, yep. you know, you the break, the break will happen. You just got to, like you said, you, you know, and like, it's pretty obvious, you know, with, with uh, common sense, but you got to stay consistent. You stay consistent. You stay focused on what you, it is that you're doing. You stick to your regimen. You don't let anybody uh, knock you off the track, even music. Cause there could be some music that you're like listening to and you're just not, not vibing with it. You're like, ah, you got to change the song. And now you're taking your energy yep. away. So you know, just stay focused on what it is that is in front of you and, um, and you'll inspire other people as well as, um, as big up yourself as well. moving forward.
1: Hey, you, you know, uh, have, since you asked the question about the blunts, I'm actually interested since we're talking about drugs, I mean, plant medicine, <laughs>
3: yeah.
1: but, uh, but, um, uh, do you ever uh, mess with the, uh, like with with the the mushrooms or any of that stuff instead? And do you find either one helps you focus uh, more and get in your flow state better? Uh, The reason why I ask is sometimes uh, like the edibles, I don't really mess, uh, I don't smoke, but every once in a while I mess with edibles. But if I try to like create music on edibles, I end up just staring uh, at the floor for like eight hours.
2: (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Yeah, edibles will definitely put you there. Uh, I like... I like uh, taking shrooms while I paint lately. That's been nice. Um, When I first started doing blue faces, I I, I, uh, developed that color palette on acid. So I would paint on every time I would paint, it would be on acid. Um, I would, uh, I did like micro dosing. I got got to the point to like figure out my my tolerance and my level. Um, So I would only do like half, a little half a tab or, little tiny chunks or whatever the fuck I had. So um, those, uh, but that, uh, that was all developed on acid. And like, I think these, I started oil painting right after I did the plant medicine journey. And now I, I just do like, you know, I don't drink anymore. I haven't drank since I started. I think I like had like a glass of wine or a drink one time, but I, I don't, I don't like drinking or getting drunk or any of that. I never really did in the first place. So it was really easy for me to cut that and um now i just like every once in a while i'll do some shrooms Ch- i've always have like chocolate shroom uh, chocolate like shrooms around yeah. me um, and i really way. i really enjoy those because i could just have like a little like square and it'll get me on a level where I could have like three squares and I can get really high if I want to. So
3: <laughs> That's good. I mean, you know, your tolerance level. Plus, eat, I was saying, you know, I didn't know if you heard me, but eating it in the chocolate definitely makes it taste better. That's one Oh, one yeah, yeah, yeah,
2: <laughs>
4: yeah. I, I, Let I, me ask I, you I,
3: this. I, Do you yeah. feel any different when you're, you know, your artwork um, sober and then your artwork on mushrooms or acid or any kind of psychedelic? Do you feel or it or is just flat out your artwork different
2: um well, I imagine it's different when you're when you're um under the influence of anything because lately i like I haven't really painted on under the influence of much other than marijuana, so um I imagine it's pretty similar feeling to everybody else because I've been pretty sober lately so uh like i've i've done shrooms maybe like a couple times in the last few months maybe less than that so um that's that's a lot less than what i usually do so like it's like i'm in this like moment right now where everything's kind of i don't know i that inside of me wants to do all of that shit i want to like be painting while i'm in that space but uh there's something else inside of me saying like to just not do it or that i I don't even really care because i can still create without that shit so it's Mm -hmm. like it's like uh, why even put myself through that right now i don't need to (laughs) i don't need to like feel that way so like paint so um yeah i think that's what, what what i'm feeling at the moment is more that i don't really need it um but it's fun to like do it and then paint because now i don't like feel like i need to like do it to like elevate and like get this like i'm not searching for something out of it i already went and did that and i already see like what what its effects has on my artwork so i'm like well that's cool i could bust that trick out whenever i want you know it's just like a little little uh little tool in the in the toolbox
3: i like it man I dig it, yeah. you know. It, it, like, um, I think uh, who was it? Uh, Rest in peace, Fife Dog. You know, from a tribe called Quest. I think in one of his lines, he says uh, he's talking to. You know, they're doing like a battle, and he's like, "Poor excuse, money, please, I get loose off of orange juice." Um yeah. Just you know, because you you know, this is like hip hop, always smoking blunts and stuff like that, and you know, oh, I need to smoke a blunt to 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 do that, drop that freestyle. But all in all. Like you said, you're an artist, and you're going to do it regardless. You know whether you're sober or whether you're you're under the influence a little bit there. Yeah, um, yeah. So you're just gonna, you're going to continue on doing your doing your your thug dizzle, man. That's right,
2: right the thug dizzle.
1: <laughs> hey, you know, uh, Corey, I saw this uh, video. I thought it was really cool. First off, uh, it just seems like you always like. It, I have a feeling that if anybody kind of popped in on you anywhere at any time, you'd be making a piece of art. Uh, just it just seems like I'm painting just...
2: right now as we talk.
1: Exactly. Uh, right. You gotta post it. <laughs> you know. Oh, uh, I, I can't oh, post this one yet. <laughs> uh, but it's like. um, I I saw this uh, YouTube video. I guess I saw this. it was probably over, about a, over a year ago, maybe a year and a half ago. And it was just like I don't know if it was random or or whatever, but you were like Miguel was walking down the street, and then it's like boom, just like in like in like two seconds, you made like one of those uh, you know classic <laughs> Corey Van Loo, uh portraits of Miguel. And I was just like, I, this was like a, like probably I saw this probably about a year half ago, and it was like when I was first kind of discovering your work, and I was just like. This guy is like insane. Like it's, it's, just how how quick you worked, and but how quick. It's funny, and I just want to say other thing. Me and me and Heifer just kind of talking about this beforehand. We were talking about how like people had his every has his every days, and how sometimes uh, as an artist, I'm speaking uh, from my own personal experience. Sometimes I kind of like get stuck, and I kind of stop, and kind of just I don't know. But it seems sometimes if you muscle through and work really quick. You also get the best art that way too when you really are in your zone and I Yeah, keep- oh yeah. Sorry.
2: Yeah, no. Nah, I keep going. Oh, I didn't mean to cut you off. I think I think that uh you know,
3: just Focus.
2: Yeah, it just comes with like being a fucking real artist or not, you know, like you really bought that life, you bought that life. I'm really about that life. I fucking come to the studio twelve, fourteen hours a day and stand in front of the damn canvas or sit in front of my computer and do something art related so i give the world no reason to say that i'm not an artist
3: right and Um, you put time into your craft you know this is the way yeah
2: everything else yeah everything everything else just comes with that once you once you do that it's like you know uh you have paintings that come out or whatever you're working on you know you got more of just because you're working on it all the time like you can develop your craft a lot faster. Um, I don't know. I like, I think ever since I double tripled, I just always like go all in on myself. I think that's the go all in on my art, you know, just cause like, that's like, it's you. Yeah. Like, well, nothing, nothing like, I, I it hasn't failed me ever. And that feels good to have something that never fails you. Just cause like, I've, I feel like I just get fucking let down a lot. <laughs> so it's like, I, as long as I make art, I know I'll be happy because I made a new art. Like I made a new piece or I'm, I have closer to making a new painting. And that is the root of my happiness. All the other shit that comes with it is just extra. And I have only recently like gotten into that mindset, but it feels good to just, make art and that like once I like, just worry about that and then everything else I can worry about later that that that, that like makes me happy it's a
3: great way to think do the right thing just keep doing what you're doing and the rest it'll follow it'll come I know it sounds weird and cliche but if you're doing yeah. the right thing then the right stuff comes to you when you start doing some nonsense shit then that's you know you put in shit you're gonna get shit that's you know you put in what you want to get out of it so I, yep. I, I definitely respect that I think that's uh you know, part of, of, of being an artist, you know, you, you're gonna have those days where it's grimy is, is is all, and um, and then you're gonna have those those you know, excellent days as well. Putting the time and putting the money and reinvesting back into yourself, that's the best thing that you can do. You could always, as a I wanna say from a music standpoint, you know, as being a musician, our whole goal as you know, when you're young is like, I wanna get a record, I want to put a record out, I want to be on the radio, I want all of these particular things you know but it's not just going to happen for you and you got to you got to invest into yourself uh there's other record label the record labels or there's art galleries that are going to invest in you why why right if they're going to do it and they're going to put their money and they're going to put whatever up behind you you should be doing the same thing for yourself can't just think oh well i'm just a great artist or i'm a great musician and they're just going to come to me it just doesn't happen that way you got to pay your dues you got to put the time in
2: I respect facts. That.
1: big facts right on you know and uh besides uh just would you say now would, would you say there was a specific point of time where it was a turning point for you where you were like hey you know what I make this art but this is like I'm, this is all I'm gonna do I'm just gonna make art and like was there ever you know were you ever like you know working behind the counter at a you know five guys pizza and you were like hey you know what Screw this job! I'm just gonna be doing art and nothing else. Was it a decision at one point?
2: Um. So out of high school, (laughs) I. I knew I wanted. I didn't want to like have like a normal job and do all that shit. It was just my only reason I got a job for any any time was just to like please my parents and make make them happy um, make them feel like I wasn't being a fuck up in life or anything like that. But I always knew I didn't want to do that and go down that route or succeed in any, in, 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 in any type of like job. Um, I always wanted to like have my own business or do something. I didn't want to work for anybody like that. So, uh, I think my first glimpse of that was, uh, I became like a professional, professional razor scooter rider at 18. Um, so if you go look up my name on YouTube, you could probably find like scooter videos of me doing crazy Wait tricks and shit like that. i
3: seen this shit. What the hell is this? Tell me, tell me more about that. I, I, I saw something <laughs> on YouTube the other day and I'm like, cause you know, people will just do anything, which is great. Like, you know, weird sports and stuff around the world Yeah, Man, nah, scooter racing. What? Tell me about this. No, nah, not
2: even racing. It was just like a pro skateboarder, but on a, on a razor scooter. So, um, yeah i I was just like a pro skateboarder but i was riding a razor scooter i'd travel the world and do that shit and uh at the same time i was a graphic designer for the company so i kind of got to build the the brand uh from the ground up i started i made the logos for the brand i made all the clothing um, all the packaging products all this stuff so like i from at 18 was i was like 19 uh 19 up to like 25 like i had that like i was doing that that like business and doing that work i'm 33 now so uh or 32 gonna be 33 in november but uh so i went so that kind of like opened my eyes to like once i once i like when i was i started riding a scooter at 16 and then 18 years old i became a pro um i started making money off of it like got a house like i didn't get a house but my sponsor bought us like a house to like live in and all this shit so um I knew that like I didn't want to go get a normal job. I was destined to like be something else. Um so I just kept going down that route wherever it led me to. Um and I was making graphic design for the company so I it, it felt like I was doing everything that I love. I was living life how I wanted to. I was doing that's everything time, that I loved true. at the time. So
1: Yo that's cool. I just watched the video on YouTube. That's, I I never saw that before. Just, it's, <laughs> oh, it's crazy, man.
2: Yeah, yeah, good times. Did <laughs> Is there not- any,
3: way to, any way to pin that? Can you like tweet? It oh no, tweet I'm it? not
2: posting that on my oh. fucking Twitter. <laughs> you gotta go you gotta go you gotta go look G-6 it up on, on these sales people.
1: Yo, what this is what you know what what I wanna know is do you ever uh, do that anymore? And are you afraid of when you do stuff like that that you might like damage your hands when when it comes to, you know, making your art Yeah, right?
2: my million dollar hands, man? Oh, Come cool, on now. No.
3: <laughs> and are your hands insured?
2: I uh I it's funny, I was in uh I went to Fucking NFT NYC, uh, like it was like a couple years, a couple times ago, and uh, there were some scooter kids out front of my hotel. Actually, I think it was just this last one. Actually, uh there's a group of scooter kids, and I, uh, my my assistant at the time she said, "Hey, there's some kids riding scooters. I bet you know one of them or whatever." And I was like, "Yeah, I bet I do." So I went down there, and sure enough, I knew like three of the kids that were out there, and they handed me a scooter, and I, I did a couple tail whips and shit, and. They thought that was cool as fuck, so I got in their little video that they were making or whatever like I used to do in the old times, (laughs) but uh, yeah, I can still do this shit. It's not, it's like riding a bike, like I I have, my my scooter is like right next, is like in my living room just sitting there, it like, it's funny, it has like this beautiful view of Miami, it just sits there and looks at the view, it's in the corner and in the window just kind of like looking at Miami, it's like, damn, we made it this far. We went from all all the the crashing on the streets to the fucking condo in Miami. Now I don't even have to ride no
4: more.
1: (laughs) You know, uh, it makes me think, you know, there's a lot of NFT projects I see where people like where the artists will paint skateboards. I think that's so cool. So like you could paint one of these scooters. But really, this is just a roundabout way from me saying, Corey, when are you going to paint some guitars? I need a Corey Van Lee guitar, man. Yeah. A guitar.
2: Um, are you I up gotta, for the I got to do, do one for my brother first. Oh, okay.
3: okay.
2: <laughs> after right. that, after that, then maybe we'll see what's up. Limited
3: edition. Yeah, I got, I
2: got, I got my brother a guitar for Christmas, and he he likes it. So I got to get, I got to get, get him like a, get him a little something, something a little painting that's... or something on one that would be cool.
3: Has he ever anything? oh sorry sorry um
2: yeah just like me recording us sitting on the balcony that's it nothing serious though he's he's good you know i like he's like just doing it his own way and learning his own way and i think that's beautiful that's how i got good at what i do so i think he'll find him find himself in there it's nice to see him like express in that way because he doesn't make any art or anything.
3: Well, he's making art. He's making music, right? To me, that's art. Yeah,
2: yeah I mean, yeah, exactly, exactly. Yeah that's, right. but yeah, that's only recently. He, never, he, he just started doing that, so it was cool to see.
3: Yeah. I got one more question, and then I'm, I'm not sure what J6, if he has another one, but I, I do want to open it up um, to the audience. I got uh, Liz uh, and Golden up here as speakers, so um, we'll let them ask some questions too. But I just wanted to jump back to your PFP, to the um, Faces of Web 3. Uh, And I wanted to know what your favorite trait is or what your favorite, um, you know, character is.
2: Man. And go now.
3: One, two, three, go.
2: I would say... What's my favorite fucking trait? I think the cyborg... The golden one-of-one cyborg was really fun to make. Um... How, when you were like making the one, one, I don't know. I don't know what else. That's just me off the top of my head. Yeah, I don't know. Like I like them all. It's so hard to even. like
3: I know it's a tough fucking question. Go yeah. there. Um,
2: Poor my heart is also one of my favorites. It's got the hole with the heart inside of the chest. Yeah, very, um, very cool. That that's one of my one of my favorites as well.
3: Okay, last question pertaining to this: When you were making the 101s, or I'm oh, sorry, when you were drawing this. Did you know that you were gonna make that these were gonna be the one of ones or did you just start kind of drawing and then you're like oh shit this one's gonna be a one of one how did it come about
2: both i I think I would make sometimes I would make something that would be a little too too good or whatever or too cool for me or I liked it too much and I was like all right yeah that's gonna have to like be something else <laughs> I'm mean, gonna make it a one on one I can't just like flood the collection with all that shit so just because like there's things that stick out and so like if you were to if you were to just like i don't know it would just changes once you put in a new trait it like it sends a frequency through the whole entire collection so every time you like i would work i would i would like do like three or four new traits and then i'd put it into the generate generator and it would it would generate the 20,000 over again and it would send those new traits to the collection and it would basically be like new paint adding into the artwork and it would change how everything looked um so uh having those like really intense traits or something that was really like poppy or stuck out to me it would it would really it would really change the the whole entire uh view of the 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 collection and i i, I was trying to look for some sort of uh uh you know cohesiveness through the whole collection um, and not have too much like wild but have wild shit at the same time so um yeah it was, it was just some tra- me finding the balance so those one of ones i just kind of landed on you know me i i mean everything i just was drawing every day on, on my ipad and and um some things would come out um and, I, and there's like like the hockey players I just really wanted to put hockey in there cuz that was like a big part of my life yeah
3: I thought and, that was um, I don't see too.
2: any I don't <laughs> see any like pfp shit with hockey Not anything at all. related I haven't seen any like hockey related in in anything really in this space so I wanted to I wanted to be make sure that I, I, I let everybody know that I, I'm a hockey player and uh that's a big part of my my life and my family's life
3: so you didn't grow up in Miami then, you grew up elsewhere, right?
2: Nah, I grew I grew up in uh Washington State. I was born in California though. Alright. Yeah, so I grew up like in the Seattle area, played hockey from like five years old up till eighteen.
3: Wow, that's a long so, time.
2: Yeah, yeah, I was really good at it. I just um I kinda I just fell out of love with the sport. I feel like my dad kinda made me play it, so I, I kinda resented playing it when I turned eighteen. I kind of just awesome. got over. I got over it, um, but I was really good. Like I had like you know college people hit me up to play and do all that shit. But I um and I played on travel teams, so I would always go to like Canada, and I basically grew up playing in Canada my whole life, um, just because it was right there, two hours across the border from my house. So um, that was that was fun. Uh, it was a good time in my life. I learned a lot. I learned like you know just a lot. So. My brother ended up playing it and he was, he, he, he went farther than me. And so it's like a big part of our life. My, my grandfather played it, you know, my dad played it My uh, my, uh, my stepsister Mom? and stepbrother play it now. So it's
3: that's pretty cool, bro. What the fuck? That's yeah. awesome. Hockey. Yeah. I would have never imagined you as a hockey player. I mean, yeah, I love that. Bad, shit. But yeah. That,
2: we, we, we go sense. and watch, we go and watch the Florida Panthers cause they're actually good, they're good. <laughs> so, now. So, yeah, they were good last year at least. So, yeah. uh we went to the, the playoffs and shit. It was really dope.
3: That is dope. I was here for the inaugural season when they went to the um, Stanley Cup against uh uh Colorado. Yeah, Forsberg and oh, I think shit. Patrick Waugh was in the in the goal. We had uh we had a wow. Meyer, that's Mella, legendary. we had a great team. We had a great team then. It was nuts That's when they were throwing that's the scary. rats the, the 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 fake rats on yeah, the uh, Yeah, his...
2: yeah, that's legendary.
3: Yeah, very, very really much so. Good. Well, that's awesome, dude. Speaking of like learning and stuff, man, I'm I'm happy that we had this conversation. I think you know, like all guests, we have to do a part two because there's just so much shit that we 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 just didn't cover. But um, amazing of to course. know some of these facts about you, uh, you know, from the Jew harp to playing hockey, um, you know, to to creating just amazing, really, really cool art, and uh, and you know, and being comfortable with yourself and confident in yourself to continue keeping. Uh, keep you know to keep going and not getting discouraged. So I'm good with questions because I don't want to you know I, we could sit here all day, but I do want to open it up. J6, if you don't have anything, um, yeah, let's keep it moving.
1: Yeah, let's open it up for sure. I just want to make one comment. That I think kind of like that the hockey stick. It's kind of funny, like the, the finesse of the hockey stick is almost like a paintbrush in a way. Uh, There's a similarity there, but it just struck me. But let's open it up to some questions for
2: sure.
3: Let's do it. Let's do it. Real real quick. I like before that. I
2: like that. <laughs>
3: Real quick before we do that, I just want to shout out the room really fast. Um, we got Liz. Liz is here. She's an awesome person. She actually Liz has a cool show with uh, a couple other people. Um, it's called Baco Taco Tuesday, and their show is about music. Also, their show is right before ours, so I'm always always in there when we're prepping for our show. Um, so really like you know, going in there and listening because there's a lot of artists that I, that, you know, music I end up, Oh wow, that's, that's dope. And I didn't know who they were. Um, and so, yeah, so Liz is great. Um, she's going to ask some questions. We've got burn dogler, uh, rug radio fam, rug radio crew, um, golden. He got off the stage. I think he was, um, We'll, we'll bring them up if you want to come back up. I, I don't. Know. I hope you're not like embarrassed to talk. I don't think you are, but, uh, and boo boo has a, a an awesome show. Awesome. Thank you so much for for coming in here. I, I missed your show live, but did listen to your show, recorded. Amazing, opportunist, uh, line trash. Always with the cool memes. Evie Miss Hennessy is here. Thank you so much for your support. Sp, you're new in here with us. Uh, good to see you. Thank you for hanging with us for the show. Um, Ox Buffalo. Is I can't really see, but I'm gonna click on this so I can see it better. Uh, Nariman Amidi, I'm probably messing your name up, dude. I'm sorry, Miss or Mister. Uh, but thank you so much for for hanging out with us, uh, with, with with Corey Van Lu. Awesome, and we. Oh, Liz posted something. Oh, she's got hers up there. That's pretty cool, Liz. Okay, so I'm gonna open up the mic now to Liz. Liz, the mic is all yours. Corey Van Lu is in the building with us.
0: Hello BD everyone. Hey Corey. I actually got the pleasure to meet Corey at the Super Chief by Canva gallery and um, immediately like I, I don't know what it was because um, he didn't have his art out like he didn't have the blue faces but I just knew and I was like hmm you're the guy that's in charge of like the, did my PFP and um, ever since then I uh, was able to link the two together and see more of his art follow him and a huge fan ever since so thank you but now that i saw golden with a rainbow throw up i'm kind of upset because i'm like wait a minute i need a rainbow throw up and see that's the thing about pfps is that you like yours until you see someone else's with like cooler traits and you're like hmm this is sus. how i get this one so we might have to like uh sidebar on this because i need a throw up um um oh yeah I was gonna start you guys did not let me talk from the very beginning when you started with grimes first of all it could obviously tell you guys don't have a single kid ever because that's just customary she's not suing him but in order to get like a schedule going I worked at a family law too Um, in order to get a schedule going you have to sue that person and you have to claim paternity rights so that way you start getting on a schedule you mediate you figure out who's gonna do what and who's responsible for what so it's just like um proper protocol when you're definitely not gonna be together and you're time sharing your child so go Grimes don't let men bring you down and not that you guys were bringing her down
3: no no not at all just like just, I'm just bringing the whole situation down not her just just because like come on elon's got so much money what do you gotta put it in the news to suit a guy just do it like sidebar you know what I'm saying right, I digress I'm, I'm not talking about it anymore Well, because
0: but- that's what I'm trying to say is you can't once you decide that you're going to go through the family court and you're going to uh, stabilize like a child uh, schedule you have to do it that way and it really does suck and it sucks that it has to be public and it does suck the way that it has to be but point was that there's no money hungry situation there it's just the way of the law but back to this PFP and all, all right, this Liz, cool
3: point, point noted Liz thank you
0: <laughs> uh, and then was going the PFP. Uh, I wrote down notes, guys. But now I'm outside. Sorry, uh, Corey. Keep doing your thing. A super fan. Love that you're in Miami. I definitely. Do you ever do any studio visits, by the way? Because I think that would be kind of dope, especially because there's so many people here in Miami. Um, is that something that you're that you do? That yeah, you're yeah, I yeah. I
2: do a lot. I do. Uh, my my studio is very open, so. Um anybody usually that hits me up and wants to come through can come through, but I'll do like an official one during our basel for sure. That'll be the next the like next one.
3: I hope Lady I get Christ. a wristband for that. That's It'll
0: alpha. Work. Seriously follow yeah. Corey and find out where that's <laughs> gonna happen because our basel yeah. is event to be at.
3: That's right. Everybody in here you should follow each other also. I did a, a, a thing and followed people that I wasn't following as well. Hey, Liz, Liz, you,
2: Liz so you should, uh, Liz, DM me. I want to talk to you family law stuff too. So I, I got some, I got some family law stuff I want to talk about. Just a couple questions.
0: All right, definitely will do. Yeah. Also guys, I dropped off Corey Mangos and I never got a thank you. So I'll hit him up on that about that
2: shit this is this is mango lady oh shit <laughs> all right
0: thank you the best mangos i enjoyed i we told
2: them you up, i would not be to new york I think we <laughs> awesome. so i tried to find you and i couldn't find you I, as you can imagine i get a lot of like shit on my social media but thank you so much for the mangos
0: so this is actually a funny story, guys. Um, I met Corey at the Super Chief Gallery and told him, like, I, it was mango season, and I really do have the world's best mangoes. Um, and, uh, 100%. He the, yeah, I happened to see him on the street after I met him, and I was like, yo, I need to give you some of my mangoes. And he was like, yeah, and I could tell he was in like- In front of my weird. house. Yeah. He saw me in front of my house.
3: It's awesome. I was like, yo.
2: She, was dropping, she was dropping somebody off at my crib. I was like, yo, who, who is this person yelling my name? She came up. She's like, "I'm bringing you mangoes. I didn't know you lived here. Okay, and then she brought me mangoes. There's mangoes downstairs at my at my condo, waiting at the security the next day. So I went and got the mangoes, and then I was going on to uh, on a trip to, to to New York to go do some ayahuasca, and I brought it up there for that. So we had them at our last our last prayer. Were they <laughs>
3: Were they juiced mangoes? Yeah,
2: they were so good. They are the best mangoes that I've had in a long time. I think it's yeah. probably the best mangoes I've ever had, honestly. I wasn't
0: joking. I'm, I'm known as, like, the Casa de los Mangos, guys. I'm not joking. So oh, I'm, shit. Yeah, you know, this is a big deal, and I repost Follow them.
3: Liz for mangoes.
0: It's my identity. Yeah, Liz, Liz,
2: we might need a round two. <laughs> I <was>
0: like, you <laughs> you change your name
3: Liz to Liz Mangoes. And of mangoes. during
0: that season, it is. You just don't know because I post that on Twitter. Uh, I mean, on Instagram and not Twitter. That's my personal life. Um, Oh, but something that you guys mentioned that I did like was a whole mushroom. And um, I I like the responsible way that you guys are like, hey, do something. But it's not the way to actually get your creativity going. I mean, to base your creativity off is just to get it going. So just wanted to shout you guys out for being responsible and telling people like, hey, do something, but be responsible for it. It's not what we're basing our life on. It's just something we're having fun with.
3: Excellent. Thank you, Liz. Always a pleasure having you up here. If you haven't followed Liz, please follow her. Um, follow everybody here. Just follow each other. I don't understand like what the big deal is. So hopefully you guys are all following each other. And uh, thanks to Steven and um, ETH Dub for joining us as well. I want to open the mic to Golden. Golden is a uh, he's the creative content director at Rug Radio. Uh, greatly respect and appreciate him. And he's very, very familiar with Corey Van Lu in the project. Uh, obviously his PFP is a, a dope Corey Van Lu PFP. Uh so Golden, the mic is yours.
4: What is up, everybody? GM. I know it's nighttime, but you know, I say GM no matter what. Uh what is up, Corey, J Sig Hef, and everybody in the crowd. I I came up initially to to talk about the jaw harp. Uh, I I have like a couple of them and of course I can't find them because I need them now <laughs> but I, I like had them since I was a kid and the one name that was left out was the Snoopy Harp like it's also called the Snoopy Harp and they have like a whole Peanuts and Charlie Brown campaign around
2: that's right their... oh yeah my God, you just... yeah that's right they totally yeah. do have the Snoopy Harp
4: yeah it's like the uh entry level jaw harp you know what i mean like it's like the the regular one i guess and it's more like the one you described where it's like a hex allen key shape with just a little tang on it and there are different levels because the i have two and one's one's made out of brass and that one just resonates like so much more than the one that's just I, i don't even know what kind of metal it is but it's cheaper and just heavier and not it doesn't have as much vibration and vibrato and whatnot you know but yeah, that's that's the initial thing. And I also play didgeridoo, guys. Like I'm I love weird instruments like that. So like I play both of those things like love them to death. Um, you got to come back oh, on your got show. the didgeridoo, dude. Damn. I'm gonna, yeah, I'm gonna, man. to
2: bust that one day.
3: I'm gonna have to hear yeah. you play that one day. Uh, Golden, you got to come back and play that shit. Yeah. I
4: will <laughs> come back and play. I freaking love that thing, man. It's like I got I mean, I used to play it a lot. Like I don't play it as much anymore, and I should because it's also Like there's a lot of science or not science, but belief behind the healing power of the didgeridoo because it's just like one monotone and the vibrations are very deep and they have full on like healing sessions where they just like point didgeridoos at you and play them until you you tap in with the vibrations. Like, I don't know. I haven't experienced that.
3: Sound healing. It's really cool.
4: Yeah. Yeah. But yeah, I I will definitely come play it one day for you guys. That'd be awesome.
3: Very, very
2: powerful instrument. Uh, the the didgeridoo has been used in all sorts of crazy things uh i think they used it to move rocks in china or in asia they, they had they'd set, set up like a, a kind of like an orchestra against like a, a wall of rocks and have a big huge boulder that they needed to move and use the sound resonance to lift up the boulder um, yeah. Crazy stuff.
3: Interesting fact. The, 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 the Didger,
2: is didgeridoo is a very powerful instrument, though the way that the uh, the, the resonance, the the healing and powers from it when used correctly. How did how did how did you learn how to play it? Did you you have like ancestors? Are you Aboriginal of any? any
4: bit or not even a little bit i'm just a curious mixed kid you know i mean like i just like (laughs) weird stuff like that that's all i came down to like uh, it's probably my uncle the same guy that that told me about the the jew harp early on like i bet it's his craft like from way back when because he's just like my whimsical uncle that knew all this weird shit like he built boomerangs and (laughs) did stuff like that you know what i mean (laughs) yeah
2: so it's in your blood a little bit (laughs)
4: it's back there it's somewhere back there yeah at least the curiosity <laughs> is like that part is for sure the uh and then the the other thing i wanted to talk about that wasn't like brought up and Corey's. i know at some point cory's gonna be sick of me for bringing it up but it was just an epic time in my life when i visited his studio and he performed a sound bath for everybody there at the studio using sound bowls and and crystal bowls and like Freaking like a little, what was it? Like a chime, he had a little chime and like little oh man, it was so freaking cool. He set the that mood, he had like incense burning.
2: Yeah, <sighs> Corey that so know that, bro.
4: that's really cool. Yeah, playing, I, I did that. Sound, that
2: was last fast. art, Basel, right?
4: That's yeah, cool. yeah, last art, Basel at your that's studio. Awesome. Like, yeah. Interesting fact yeah. going on here. the old studio now, right? But yeah, it was, it was yeah, epic. Old, that was the
2: old studio. Yeah, we could do I, we could do a little something something here at this one. This one's like this one's got concrete floors and ceilings, so it resonates really loud with with the audios. Um, whenever I play like the harp or have my kalimba as well, that's like my other favorite instrument, and I play that here. It just like resonates so well. So, yeah, I haven't done it. when I first moved into this studio, I put I, I put my sound bowls out and uh, into a circle. There's nothing in here. I lit a little an incense and some uh, like a coal and some resin and set it right in the center and, and did a, a sound bath, had Dre lay down on the concrete and, and we and I played the sound bowls for him so I could open up a portal for the art, the art space. <laughs>
3: that's very, very interesting, man. Honestly, that's very cool. I did, I did a, a one of those, like, you know, I went to a place in South beach actually right um. Uh, Alton and 17, so right behind uh, Lincoln Road, right? Uh, and I, I did it. It was actually really cool. The, you know, there's a bunch of people in the room all lie down on mats. They had the, the guy had the bowl. He was doing this thing around the bowl and it was making this amazing sound that kind of just went, resonated right through you, man. It was actually, it was good. I felt good about it.
4: Yeah, I felt amazing afterwards, too. Like, Corey, he really did the thing. I've been to maybe, like, three or four sound baths, and, you know, they're all pretty, it's never like you just walk away, like, what What was that? Like, it's always a good vibe, but that one, like, I don't know, I think I just needed it, you know, probably the stress of Miami. Like, I had so much fun, but it was also kind of stressful, like, my first event, like, being uh, in a certain position and whatnot, and, like, it was just all lifted away. It was so good. It was so amazing.
3: That's awesome. Well, thank you so much for bringing that up. We are actually at the time that we end the show. We are a little bit over, which is cool because we don't give a shit really. Somewhat we um, can talk and talk and talk. But on a real note, man, I want to thank uh, Liz for coming up. Golden for coming up to ask some questions, Uh, everyone for being here. Thank you so much because we know that you guys can be anywhere. On Earth, doing anything else um, other than hanging out with us for an hour and a half or two. So, thank you so much for for showing up and then your continued support. We greatly appreciate that. We really, really do, really appreciate that. Because without you guys, we're just talking to ourselves in here. Um, so, thank you. Um, really, really appreciate it. And everyone who has shows, Liz who has a show, Burn Dogler has a show, Boo has a show. Um, support those people too. Make sure you you know follow them and check out their timeline and and, and do the do the damn thing, you know Corey Van Loo, I want to say thank you so much, man Really, from the bottom of my heart Thank you for your time Thank you for coming in and sharing your stories with us Had no idea about the Jew harp Had no idea about the sound bowls uh, The way you're doing your art You know, the the, you know you know the ceremonies that you've been doing with the shaman so on and so forth all those things add up to who you are and and what you're doing uh and greatly appreciate it i'm glad that um i'm a part of the the you know faces of web3 i'm glad i'm a part of rug radio and uh glad that we were able to really really chat with you today and i hope that we can get you to come back for part two man
2: yeah of course anytime i'll be back for part two we can talk some more like color and music and 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 all that and how uh every one of my paintings is like a is like a, a song and um all the colors are like the different instruments and all that stuff i'd like to dive into that a little more so uh yeah we definitely have to run it back for the second time and it's it's uh really good to see all the uh you know opportunist line trash um, Ms. Miss Hennessy, all you guys. It's really good to see you. B- Buffalo, Burn Dog there, all you guys always show me love on my posts. They're always like, you know, interacting with me. And it's cool to have this little space where we can kind of talk and do this kind of stuff. So um I'm I'm open to that any day. So just hit me up.
3: Awesome, man. And yeah, the door is open. You know, you you are more than welcome to come anytime you want. Uh you don't even have to knock on the door. You could just open it and just come right in, man. So yeah, thank <laughs> so much.
1: Ride your scooter
3: in. Yeah, ride that scooter. <laughs> Yo, fuck you. No man. <laughs> <laughs> oh, shit. Don't hurt your hands when you're riding it, though. What we got to do we, we, we got to line up like 10 uh, canvases, right, in a circle, and then um, all you're doing is uh, riding around on your scooter, painting in a circle nonstop. Like,
2: like, oh, okay. I, I got you. I'll, some I'll conceptual some scooter, stuff. I'll make some scooter uh, performance art soon. <laughs> That's what <I> <laughs>
3: Yeah, and thank you, J Six, man, my my uh, homie, man. I'm glad that we met, and I'm glad that we're doing this show together. I I don't think I would do this with anybody else. So thank you so much for for uh, for your time as well. Right, right
1: on, and yeah. hey, likewise. Hey, I just wanted to shout out Corey one more time too, man. You're you're just such a you have such a great positive vibe, and it's so so cool to have an artist in the space that people can look at and kind of uh, you know kind of look at for inspiration and, and you know just being positive making great art and working hard and grinding it out too so and and hef man you're awesome as well right on
3: that's what's Appreciate up man you. that's how we roll so um all right so i real quick uh i want to i played some really cool songs in the beginning here and this was really um uh because like cory was saying you know sound and color color and sound you know and how art is music and instruments and colors are instruments and so on and so forth. So I picked, I thought was um, some really, really cool music. So I'm going to read it off uh, in case anybody wants to go uh, look this up themselves and listen to the songs. Um, Plus you can, you know, obviously play the show back and listen to it again. We would greatly appreciate that too, because there might be some stuff that you missed. So the first song was from the Howard Roberts quartet and it's called dirty old bossa Nova. That's the Howard Roberts Quartet, Dirty Old Bossa Nova. Great song. Was sampled by um, A Tribe Called Quest for Beats, Rhymes, and Life album. Great song there. Second song, another dope song. This guy, um, Galt McDermott. This guy was like the king of like the 70s, like soundtracks. Uh, Great musician, great conductor, uh, just amazing arrangement, and and just great sounding songs. The name of that song was Golden Apples Part 2. So, yeah, there's a Part 1, but Part 2 was... Grime him that much better so golden apples part two from galt mcdermott third song was nature's wrath This is a really cool band called the budo's band really funky i think they got a little latin flavor in there as well uh, so make sure you check them out nature's wrath the budo's band and then the last song i played there in the very beginning of the show was from yellow wolf uh, great album also but the song was called a uh, love is not enough uh, I did cut the songs a little bit cause I didn't want to play the whole song. So um, you guys can go back and listen to them yourselves and have some fun. Um, want to say thanks again to Corey van Lou for coming everyone else that's in here. Thank you so much um, for being here. Uh, also, um, Make sure you check out Boo's show, follow him, and check out his show. I believe it's on Thursdays, but don't quote me on that because I suck. Uh, But follow him and you'll get it. And I got to write it down so I don't, so I remember for the next time. Uh, Liz has a show called Baco Taco Tuesdays. um, So check out her show with two other people. It's music related as well. Uh, It's at 5 p.m. on Tuesdays, right before our show. Our next guest, we have our next guest lined up already, which is an awesome dude, too. Another, another cool, uh, person that we're going to talk to is a Frank knit from a group called Frank and Dank, um, from, uh, Detroit. So like Jay Dilla, if you're not familiar with Jay Dilla or JD passed away from lupus, uh, many years ago. Um, one of the greatest producers of hip-hop and just one of the greatest producers of all time. Uh, they still, every February, even though he's passed um, around the world, uh, they'll do Dilla, Dilla Month. So every February in hip-hop is Dilla Month. And so there's um, nights that are dedicated to just him. Right, And he's he, keeping that legacy going Uh, We're also going to have his brother Coming on the show um on the 31st So Illa J will be on, a, on the show on the 31st But our next guest is Frank Knit from Frank and Dank Go check them out
0: hey, Just Riven Tuesday night Half past A.E.S.T Know where we be Just Riven Special guest And second talk Of musicology Just Riven Coming to you live same time here every week. Just you jump in the room. Let's chop it up. It really ain't that deep. Just rippin'.